Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Friday, May 26th, and we are back from a week-long hiatus. We have returned. Zach, I'm so Zach happy. Escaped. I'm so happy you used the word hiatus. I just hope you know. Oh, thank you. Um, I, for a second, when you when you opened your mouth, I thought you were going to be like, I, sh- I thought you were going to throw another adjective out there that I probably should have used. But no, no, I was just shocked that you used hiatus because I've been thinking about tonight. I've yeah. been thinking about the podcast, and I was like, oh, we got to tell everybody, you know, sorry for the hiatus. But like, I've been thinking hiatus like all day. It's crazy that you said it's that. It's a great adjective. word to describe. It's a exactly great word. It it's a phenomenal word. And uh, I think there's no better way to describe Mondays, well actually Tuesdays, for us it's Mondays because we record on Mondays, release on Tuesdays, but there's no better way to describe the past week than a hiatus because it was just bad scheduling on our end, so that's uh, that's, that's our on us. That's on that's us. On us. <laughs> that's on us. We're going to wear that on our sleeve. Uh, can, I just, our sleeves. can I just throw out a, sh- a shout out? Uh, Producer Jake was the only one who was on top of recording Correct. on Correct. Monday. We're, we're not going to sit here and lie to the fans. Jake texted, said, hey, guys, what time are you thinking about recording? What time are we going to get on? Both me and Chris texted immediately back at the same time. Oh, shit. So, Well, for some reason <laughs> for me, like I always know I never have an issue remembering Thursday show. Monday sneaks up on me. It does. I think it's and because I, I think it's because I work from home on Mondays. So I think that's an yep. issue. No, nope, 100% me. I took work off on Monday, played in a golf outing. So I completely thought it was Sunday the entire day because I was like, I don't have how, work today. I have work tomorrow. How did you, uh, how'd you play? Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie. Uh, not great, <laughs> but uh, four man scramble. We shot four over. It was me, my dad, my cousin, and my uncle. Okay. Um, but it was pretty much a, a two man scramble between, with me and my dad. And my dad plays golf like three times a year. It gotcha. was it was me who plays probably every two weeks. My dad who plays two to three times a year. My uncle who plays once a year, and it's this outing every single year, and my cousin who has hasn't pl- picked up a golf club in five years. Yikes! So it, it was it was brutal, but we we had a good time, had some beers. That's all that shot, matters. Man. Shot four over, didn't win, lost every raffle that they had. I was pretty pissed about that. They had some they had some good stuff. They had like foursomes to like good cool courses. Like I I tried to get a. Uh, like a, a tea time at Trump didn't work, didn't win. Damn, Trump is a six spot too. It is pretty fairy cool. point. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, fairy point is sick. Um, but yeah, no. So it's a complete, complete fuck up on our end. So apologies to missing Tuesday's show, but we're back. We're back today, and we've got loads to talk about. Zach, I want to start right off with the New York Metropolitans. Yeah. I sat here on t- I sat here on Thursday and kind of put my balls on the line. I said this is kind of a legacy series for us. This is our season really relied on whether we could take two out of three from the Guardians. I said sat here on t- on Thursday night and said, "Listen, this is a team who we should beat. We should take two out of three. We need to start beating on teams 
who clearly are I, I wouldn't say we're superior than the than the Guardians, but Zach, you know, every, every baseball fan knows the Mets should be beating the Guardians. It, it, it's 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 a pretty known fact that the yeah. Mets should be beating the Guardians. If they don't sweep them, they should be taking two out of th- two out of three every time they play them. It's it's just fact. Yeah. So after taking two from Tampa, the Guardians come into New York, and man, was Friday night's game exciting. Friday night walk off win ten nine off Class A, nonetheless. So that was a great win. Saturday postponed, which is just such a Mets thing to do. And then we play we play two on Sunday, and we win both of those, getting the second win on Sunday night baseball with Justin Verlander pitching and David Robertson closing it out, who has a one point two ERA on the season. Listen, I know it's I know I know what happened the past few days. I know we the Mets went out to Chicago and dropped the first two out of the series. Obviously, those who are listening tomorrow will see, you know, if we get swept before we head out to Colorado for the weekend, but it feels really good right now sitting at 500 when this season felt essentially lost and Here's my one-week recap of kind of my mental mindset of where I was a, a week ago. I don't think season's, are, season's over. Uh, the offense is definitely there. The offense can be there. The issue is without a doubt the pitching. The, uh, the, the staff's ERA is in the bottom third of the league. I think they actually might be 27th exactly in the league in team ERA. So if the pitching does not support the offense, this is going to be a 500 team all year. And there's no if, ands or buts about it. This is a 500 team with the current pitching staff that we are rolling out there. There needs to be depth. There needs to be some support. There is, there is no way this team can consider them, consider themselves a competitive golf club uh, golf. I did golf. Jake. <laughs> I saw Jake. I saw Jake's text about his golf club. Um, there's no way this team could be considered a competitive ball club with the current pitching staff that we're rolling out every five days and the bullpen, the bullpen is the bullpen has been shaky beyond, you know, the occasional good out of, outing and, Robertson, who's been absolutely locked down, come the ninth. But so things have to change. We need to shake. We need to shake the roster up a little bit. But I think sitting here on Thursday night, saying we're a 500 team after all the shit that we've been through and how bad we've looked at certain points of this of the past two months, I, all things considered, uh, am pretty happy with, with with where we are right now. Yeah, I feel like r- right now, it, what you said last episode really. I think held true this weekend. It was really important for the Mets to win that series and sweeping them is, is so much better than just beating them. And it, it kind of sends a message to the rest of the league. Hey, the, the Mets are not done. They still have great pieces on this team and the young kids are going to come up and be, and be great. Alvarez has started to get hot with the bat. He's got a couple home runs in the past week. Vientos had a couple home runs, you know, Beatty's getting going. Like I think I feel like the young guys coming up is just the, what the Mets really needed to get going, and I think that's what's going to carry them through the whole season. We're going to hopefully stop seeing Eduardo Escobar in the lineup and we're going to stop seeing uh, my, uh fucking Daniel Vogel back in the lineup. 
and the kids are going to play, and the kids are going to play well. If Alvarez can get hot with the bat, I think this Mets lineup is going to be phenomenal. It's just yeah, having Alvarez a- has already shown early on that he can handle the bat. He's got six homers, homered last night in Chicago against the wind. So the power's there. He's got. He just he's becoming a lot more disciplined at the plate. When he came up early last year, it looks like he was swinging out of his shoes every single time he got up there. Obviously, defense was something that kept him down in AAA for a while. But look, like he's starting to string some things together, and and we're not only seeing him hit the ball out of the park, we're seeing him put the ball in play and you know hit hit for hit for extra base hits and just you know just starting to see the average kind of round round out his complete offensive game at this rate. So I'm I'm happy with Alvarez. Zach, another I don't think was Gary Sanchez a Met when we recorded last week. I think he I think he signed I think he with had the just Mets. signed. I think he signed with the Mets right after we finished. I think it was right either after right after or right it was either right after or right before. It was I think it was after because I would have I would have definitely said something on the show about it and I don't remember saying anything about it. I don't remember. All but right. Well, the feast not a man anymore. The, the fact that the the fact is Gary Sanchez or Sanchez, I'll say, as Gary Cohen says, was a Met and is now no longer a Met in the process of us recording two episodes. Yeah, but they. The, the, I don't know if you, anybody else expected anything. Like, it, oh it, it no, wasn't. I just think it's uh, he hysterical was the, that he, he was met the, for seven days, six. I days. think it's I think it's hysterical that this like happens so often in the MLB that teams really sometimes just need a guy with major league experience who's been there before for like a week, just till people get back, and then they're like, okay, see ya. It's hilarious. They'll pay people for a week. It does not matter. They don't care. So I I think it's hilarious. It's classic Gary Sanchez. I wonder who he's going to sign with next. Probably whoever is the next catcher to go down, he's going to sign with that team, if I had to guess. Yeah, it's um, – I wonder – honestly, I thought it was a good pickup for the Giants. I thought it made a lot of sense for them. They're just a weird ball club that just seems to have players who were good five to six years ago on, on their roster. I thought he was going to so, stick there. He fits like that roster perfectly, so I don't really. I was confused when they got rid of him. I I don't know where, where he goes from here. I, it's it's a lot of a lot of different teams in one season. This this will be his third team, fourth actually on the Twins. He started the year with the Twins. Isn't he like the? Wasn't he like the fastest player to fifty home runs like ever? Something like that. I mean, he hit the shit out of the baseball his first like two years, and then he sucked. I'm I'm going to do a quick Google search because I'm pretty sure he was the fastest player to 50 home runs. Yeah, it's um, Gary Sanchez. His career trajectory has taken a very, very interesting uh, path because if you look, if you really look at him, like you're talking about a guy who is an all-star top prospect literally on top of his game in New York and then goes up, goes over to Minnesota in a trade and his career completely collapses. I mean, it was collapsing in New York, but it's just, he just hasn't caught any breaks since leaving New York. Well, I, I, I was never, you know, I, I'm actually really mad that I said that stat because now I can't find it. And I, it, there's some stat about Gary. They said it on a broadcast when he was playing the other day. I don't remember what it was, whatever. 
besides the point. His I've never been a Gary Sanchez guy. I, I never thought he was very good. He's he was never very good behind the plate. He obviously got better, but he was never very good behind the plate. And then he had one breakout season where he hit like thirty six home runs, and everybody was like, "Holy shit! It's the next next Jorge Pos- Yankees got their next guy after Posada." Yeah, shut the fuck up. Gary Sanchez was terrible. He still is bad. That's why I can't stick anywhere. And I I it just doesn't seem like a very nice guy. I'll I'll be honest. So I think it's good that he's off the Mets. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what we can do tonight in Chicago. Hopefully avoid a sweep. I, uh, it, it would be nice to not fall under 500, but who am I kidding? It's the Mets. They'll probably lose tonight. Yeah, don't worry, man. I, I, we're, we're like we're kind of in the same boat right now, except you were supposed to be a lot better. Yeah, we're supposed to win 100 games this year. Yeah, I'm like very depressed because we just got swept by the freaking Angels. So just like not not feeling the Red Sox right now. It's 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 bad. It's bad right now. Yeah, I just don't understand what the front office is doing. It almost seems like they don't give a shit anymore. There's no urgency. We we, we call Vientos up and he's I think he's only played in three three games. I think he's gotten more than one at bat in three games this year so far since he's been called up and he's been called up for 11 days now. I think, not, I, I think it's not making sense. I, I think it's Buck. It is Buck. It's a hundred percent. I don't, Buck I don't understand shit ass lineups every night. I don't get it. I just let, let the kids play. Let, they, I keep, you keep, you keep seeing that all over fucking Twitter is all over Twitter. People were talking about the Mets. It's just let the kids play, let them fucking play. Put them in the lineup every fucking day. Brett Beatty, everyday lineup. Alvarez, everyday lineup. Mark Vientos should be your everyday DH. It's point blank period. There's no questions about it. These are also 20 fucking, what, 25-year-old kids? Let them play, bro. They're not 45. They don't need days off. It's fine. Let them play. Keep Escobar on that fucking bench. And then eventually DFA his ass. Like, I'm sorry. It's just let them all play. It's so stupid. Fucking fat Vogelback needs to stop playing. He's just out there like licking his fingers from the fried chicken he just ate before the game on the bases. What is he doing? The only thing he's good for is that he walks a good amount. That's it. But he also is fat as fuck and sucks. Yeah, he works counts. That's it. But like it's like 50 right now it's like 50-50 walk or strikeout. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Jake, with stop you. practicing your swing. Sorry, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I thought Jake was going to say something, so I, I waited. Um, yeah, Vogelback is a guy who he, he, he he's not an expensive player. He's I think we're paying him one and a half million this year. So like, if we cut ties with him, it's not the biggest loss ever. I think he's the last holding piece of Billy in Epler's failed split DH experiment with him and Darren Ruff. So uh, I don't know why the Mets are still holding on to him. I don't know why the Mets are still holding on to him. Like I understand the need for a lefty bat, but it's just not the, not, not the move anymore. Zach, it's just not the move anymore. Yeah. And you know, when you say lefty bat, that kind of just like pops into my head. I wanted to have this discussion because it's like really annoying. I'm like so over the whole like 
analytics. We need righties, righty lefty fucking matchups. Like sometimes it's point blank period. Like, like Rob Snyder on the Red Sox cannot hit a righty pitcher to save his fucking life. He bats like under a hundred against righties, but he bats like three fifty against lefties. That I understand. He needs to be in the lineup against lefties, but you have so many managers out here just resting guys that are hot because of the righty lefty matchup. Stop. Feed the fucking hot hand. Don't don't take a guy out for sit him for a day for rest because it's he doesn't hit righties well. Well, he's hitting the ball well right now. He's playing well. That one day off can affect a guy where he just loses it immediately. It happened with Masataka Yoshida. The guy was so hot and then he got one day off. Then he came back and started striking out again. You need to sometimes when guys are extremely hot and they're playing so well and they're nonstop hitting the ball, they're just seeing the ball so well. You have to just let them play, even if the matchups don't really work or whatever. Even if a different guy has to sit two days in a row, it's it's worth it because that guy is playing so well. Leave them on the field. I'm so sick of the righty lefty matchup shit. It's just like all I hear about now. It's so fucking annoying. Yeah, it's definitely a big part of the analytic side of the game. I think everyone's trying to get dig too deep into the numbers and really try to, to try to have the best outcome every single time. But it's just like if you dig too much into the numbers, you're just gonna you're gonna lose a, the whole feel of the game. Baseball is just it's exactly. just a game at the end of the day. Like you just if a guy's hot, like keep him in there. Like I, this is like this is also I I think like, I know Buck isn't really that big of an analytics guy, and he's he claims to be more of a feel guy, but. I call bullshit on that because I you wheel out guys like Tommy Pham and, and Mark Vientos in these DH roles, and then you have you, you bring guys up. The front office brings guys up like Vientos, Beatty, and even Mauricio now, who's probably being blocked by some of these guys in the minors. So it's it's just it's 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 tough, man. These guys were raking in the minors like OPS of over a thousand. And now they're riding pine in the majors just because maybe Vogelback hits righties better than an inexperienced Vientos. I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning behind this is. You're a 500 team with the lineup you've been pouring out there. What makes you think all of a sudden it's going to flip? I don't know. I I really I I really think it's just like. It's old baseball versus new baseball a little bit. Like I, you really took the words out of my mouth before when you said, um, "Fuck, <laughs> I forgot." What you said. The DH oh, experiment? When, no, no, no. When you said they're taking, it's like they're taking the feel out of the game. It's like baseball is such a feel game. Sometimes, like it's not. It can't just be analytical. It can't. It's it, sports aren't not just baseball. Sports aren't made that way. There's so much feel in it. You analytics can't tell if a guy has a, a, a crazy mentality. Analytics can't tell you really if a guy is injury prone unless like you look at games played, whatever the fuck. But like analytics can only tell you so much. You have to use your eyes. You have to use feel for the game, knowledge of the game to assess guys and see who you should put in the lineup, who is who is playing well, who is not playing well, who. Like I'm not saying analytics can't, can't be used. Obviously, analytics are very good for a lot of things. I use them. You use them. Everybody uses analytics. Everybody looks at them. But to think that analytics can just drive a team to do – It's stupid. It's stupid I just think like it's... 
It's too <coughs> like excuse me. It's too uh, it's it, it's it's relying too much on numbers. Like I just think like th- there's a lot of teams that are using 60 anal- 60% analytics, 40% feel when I think it should be 40 60 the other the other way. I I think you should feel more than you're analytically driven. I just that that's 100%. just how my baseball mind works. I I just think that's how baseball should be played. I think it's played a lot more with, you know, just your eyes and and watching if you consistently watch and and scout these guys and just watch film and watch them play over and over again break down their swings obviously analytics helps you when doing that but again it just comes down to a feel thing sometimes some guys have the mentality there's a lot of guys who've had the talent to be in the major leagues they just don't have the mentality to do it and that's why they burn out that's why they get up here and stink it happens so i i I just think too many teams are using too many analytics. I, I just the righty lefty matchup is just one of the things that pisses me off. I'm I'm just so tired. And you, of seeing... Yeah, and you can make an argument that Vogelback is probably blocking you know someone else from from being on the team right now. Hundred percent, totally 100%. make that argument. Me personally, obviously, I'm not a Mets fan, but me personally, the Mets are would be at their best in the field with. Not in the field, just like overall, but with Alvarez behind the plate, Alonzo at first, I think they should bring up Mauricio and put him at second. Why not? Why not? You're not it's not like you're put getting Jeff anything else crazy out of at, at a second base. You have Lindor, Beatty at third. I I think you keep McNeil in the outfield. The guy can play everywhere. Leave him out there. Why yeah, not? It's not like everywhere. Mark Hanna's giving you anything. And then you have Nimmo, and I guess you keep Marte, but like obviously he's struggling, but and you hope he figures it out, but I don't really think they have another option. So, but like, I think that's the best the Mets would be bringing the kids up, letting the fucking kids play. Ronnie Mauricio is having one of his, like a career year. Obviously he slowed down from the crazy start he had in spring training and in like the first month of the season, but you have guys in your system that are playing so well. And I feel like the Mets are just slightly afraid to bring those guys up because they don't want to lose the guys who they're paying the million dollars to, to sit the bench. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's it's um, the Mets front office has a lot of work to do. A lot, a lot of work to do. June is, in my opinion, June is one of the most important months of the season because this is really where you kind of draw the line between contender or pretender. And you know, you could enter July one kind of with the mindset of we're going to be a buyer at the deadline or we're going to be a seller. I think that's where we're going to – I think June is really where we weed out who's going to be the buyers and who's going to be the sellers. And to be honest with you, if this team is 500 in, 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 on July 1, I'd be completely fine with just blowing the fucking thing up and just saying let's just go for next year because uh, you can't you, you can't buy yourself a World Series and – Obviously, if the current mindset is to win with the with the roster we have, it's not going to work. If we're going to keep telling ourselves we won 101 games of this team last year, we did something right. It's not going to work. That that we've already seen that. You're 500. You're 500 on May 25th. Something needs to change. And it needs to change fast. So I'm calling on the Mets front office to do something because this is not the output we expected. Couldn't agree with you more. That was a that was a good amount of Mets talk, and it was very good. But let's move away from the Mets for right now, and let's move on to the AL East. I wanted to talk about the AL East right now because 
obviously it's it's a it's a hot conversation in the baseball world because it is really the best division right now and there's so many teams right there all clumped together but we're starting to see a little separation you know the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are really struggling right now the Yankees are absolutely soaring since Aaron Judge came back but I want to talk about the top of the AL East right now the Rays and the Orioles obviously the Rays out to a historic start in in April which they continued on the beginning of May. They're still playing great baseball, but these Orioles are not going away, like at all. They're three and a half games back right now, but they're just they're playing great baseball. And Daz, my real question for you, and, and and this is not a joke, this is a legit question, is how? If you look at the Orioles roster I, on paper, it's like who like like Unless you're like a true baseball guy, you're like, who are these guys? Like, how well, how are they winning? Is it is it all because yeah. of Adley Rutschman? It can't all be because of him. Yeah, the weird. Yeah, no, I hear you. The, the, and the strange thing about the the Orioles team is everyone was looking at Gunnar Henderson early on this year. You know, I'm I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was the rookie of the year favorite in the AL. He was. Yeah. So and. You know, at at one point this season, he was batting under. I think he's still batting under 200. He might just be over 200 at this rate. Um, but among qualified hitters, he's in the bottom 10. I want to say in batting average in the major leagues right now. I think one of the more interesting scenarios the Orioles face this year is when do you pull the trigger and say it's enough of the Henderson experiment. It's time for him to go get more consistent and more confident at bats in the minors. You know, you actually bring up a good point there and I don't really think anybody, I don't think I've ever, I've seen that anywhere. I don't think anybody's really talking about is Gunner going to get demoted. I don't think they will because I think they see Gunnar Henderson as their third baseman of the future and that he's going to be there for a really long time. And I don't think they want to knock a guy's confidence like that and bring him down to AAA. He started to pick it up as of recently. Obviously, he was out to a horrendous start, like a horrendous. For a guy that had so much hype going around him entering the season, the odds on favor to win the rookie of the year in the AL, everyone was looking at this guy and saying if the Orioles are going to be good, it's going to be because of him, and it would it would become be because of him and Adley Rutschman. If if I told you at the beginning of the season that the Orioles are three and a half games back of the historic Rays on May twenty fifth, and Gunnar Henderson yeah. was a two hundred hitter, you would tell me I'm crazy because you would you would, the only reason they would be there is if he was playing great, but they have so many other guys that are stepping up right now and just playing great baseball. And I think it, it's really in that pitching staff. I thought that pitching staff was going to be bottom two, maybe in the league. Like it was going to be them in Oakland. But they're just hanging around the middle of the pack. They have a, a team ERA of just over four, and they're just, they're doing just enough so that the Orioles can squeak away with wins because that lineup, they've proven that lineup is going to hit. They're going to hit with Adley Rutschman there, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander. They're definitely going to hit. Jorge Mateo has has having an all right season, but I think what is pushing them past what I thought their ceiling was is that pitching staff. Because I thought this pitching staff was going to be so bad with Kyle Gibson and Dean Kramer and 
fucking whoever else. Like this was the pitching staff that we talked about all off season of why did they not add someone? They needed to add one more and then they would have been good, but they had no one. And this is the pitching staff that started the year without Grayson Rodriguez. And still they've just soared and, and they're just pitching phenomenally for who they are. Maybe, yeah, obviously they don't have they're not top five in the league and their pitching staff is not top five in the yeah. league, but they're what, doing just really, enough. Yeah, and they've been and they've been doing just enough is right to carry over to the bullpen, who has been absolutely phenomenal, with Cano being the standout out of all of them, absolute stud in the bullpen. The bullpen has really been the backbone of this team, and it's it's clear that you hand it over to them and nine times out of ten they're gonna win games. Absolutely. When you have Yenier Cano and then you have um, Felix Bautista back there too, like the the Orioles bullpen is what is what almost took them to the playoffs last year. Last year, that team was weaker than the team they have now when that team almost went to the playoffs because of that bullpen. They needed their rotation to just do enough to send it over to that bullpen and they knew their lineup could get enough runs where they could get by and almost squeak into the playoffs. This year, I think it's it's just all Orioles. It, do I think they're going to win the AL East? No. I don't really think they have enough veteran leadership on that team and enough playoff and late-year experience to go out there and take the AL East. But I do think this is a wild-card team that we're looking at. This is a very, very good team. And if, if there's any Rays fans out there listening, Rays fans out there listening, I'd be scared if I were you. I, I'm not sitting pretty if I'm the Rays. You know, obviously they're going to get people back. Tyler Glass now is coming back very soon. The Rays are going to get better, but yeah, the Rays are going to get better. But you're playing in the best division in baseball, so exactly. And you're Baltimore have is someone breathing down your neck. Baltimore is not going away, and the Yankees are also storming back. And ever since Aaron Judge came back, this team has looked like the team that we thought they were going to be. Yeah. It, it, no. There was also there was news that just came out last week too. Rodon, apparently the back discomfort is gone. He threw – he was throwing baseballs and he said he felt good after. There was no pain in his back, so that's great sign for the Yankees. When he comes back, this team is going to be in full swing and them getting out to a hot start before he comes back is is even more beneficial. I couldn't agree more. And let's let's not forget about the Yankees, who at one point when Judge was on the shelf, they were a five hundred team. Now yeah, they're they eleven games over. They were in they last were, in the AL East. They are eleven games over five hundred, six and a half back of the of the uh, the Rays right now. The Rays are a wagon man, thirty seven and fifteen, creeping up on forty wins. Will be the first team to reach forty wins. You know willing anything crazy happens but um the rays are a wagon the rays are a wagon they're definitely looking to to break the 100 win barrier this year that kind of brings you to that upper echelon of great teams but the al east is going to be fun in the next month or two i think we're really going to see some i think the most exciting thing about the al east is the fact that there's so much competition in that division it's gonna pull some. It's gonna pull one of those teams. It might, it's probably not gonna be the Rays. It's probably gonna either be the Yankees. Hell, it could be the Orioles. Someone's gonna make a crazy trade. 
someone's going to make a crazy trade to try to put themselves over the top and really make a push for the division lead. I don't know what's going to happen, but trust me, I have a, a really good feeling that's going to happen come July. Absolutely. You can count on the Yankees making a move, and I I, re- I want to say you can count on the Orioles, but you really can't because they've never made a move. The scary part is I do think the Rays are going to make a move before the deadline to add one more piece before their big push for that. I think it's play, probably be, it's probably going to be a pitcher. I I think it's going to I really think it's going to depend on what they need at the time. Right now, I think they need to assess what they're going to have with Glass now before they go and try to attack a pitcher because this is a team with so much pitching depth, especially in the minor league system. You know, with Taj Bradley coming up this year and pitching how he's been pitching, they didn't really they, they expected that, but not this early. And I think they're really going to have to assess Tyler Glass now when he comes back. If he comes back and he's Tyler Glass now, they don't need a pitcher. They can go out and, and add a bat. They can go add a DH so they don't have to DH Harold Ramirez in, in the playoffs because that's just not that. Like, I understand you're winning a lot of regular season games, but I do think that the Rays have always been a team that has been built for the regular season. I think this hopefully is the year that they go out there and get that guy who fucking stands in the box and he says i'm that fucking guy in the playoffs because outside of a rosarena they don't have a lot of guys who have really like had insane playoff pushes maybe brandon Lau the year they went to the what world series but even then like the rays have been notorious for being a regular season team and i really hope come that deadline time that they do make a push for a veteran guy who has been there before and can hopefully send this team to the top. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see who they get. I don't even know who's going to be on the trade market at that point. So I don't know. It's block, so hope it's still too early. It is too early to tell, but because I I think the one we'll team be, we'll that we'll be watching for sure. I think the one team that everybody's kind of waiting for to like wait to see if if they're going to be in the mix or not is the White Sox because if the White Sox are out of it they should dump everyone literally sell the entire team except for Dylan Andrew Benintendi going to come with a pretty price too so that's going to be Dylan I think that if the White Sox are out of it, they're trading Dylan Cease, and I think there's a there's a slight chance that they trade Tim Anderson. If somebody out there needs a middle infielder, they will trade Tim Anderson, and they will get a haul for Dylan Cease, a haul, like a Juan Soto haul for Dylan Cease because this guy is still so young. I'm pretty sure he has two years of control, and he is so good. Even though he's out to – like he's not pitching insanely well this year – he is so good, and everyone wants that mustache on their team. I do. Yeah, I mean, I do. That's for damn sure. Shut up. You don't need him. I mean, the pitching has been pretty bad, so we do. We do. You have a .02 better ERA than the Red Sox. And where does that rank in the league? Uh, the Red Sox are... Uh... 24 and the Mets are 23 bottom third. So proves my point further. Um, can I ask you a question? Uh, sure. Do you like or dislike Randy Rosarena? I like him. I don't have, but I don't have an it. See, like I think my opinion would change if I 
my if my team was in his division. I guess. I I have a much different perspective. Although I'm just like a sucker for good baseball players. Like I love Bryce Harper. It's been in the NL East well, his entire career. Yeah. Here's here's my thing. And I know we talk a lot about how I'm like an old baseball guy. It's not because of like the flashiness. It, it's not, but it kind of is. Like I don't want to. I don't want to be like old man screaming at cloud again. You are old man. No, screaming. no. But but here's the, the thing. Here's the sky is falling every time. No, here's the thing. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. All right. Listen. I have no problem. Absolutely no problem at all. With hitting a home run, trotting around the bases, doing your fucking celebration with the third base coach, that's fucking lit. And then if you want to get get sexy for that little like like fucking walkway to home plate, like go ahead. Get a little sexy if you want. You want to fucking celebrate after the home run? Absolutely. I'm just Absolutely. waiting for you to for you to kick but, it in. Like we'll just get to but, the point. I was watching the Rays. The oh, fuck, who are they playing? Who are they playing? Who are they playing? I don't remember. Not doesn't matter. I was watching Ray's game. Randy Rosarena hits a home run. They were already up two runs. He hit a, like a two-run home run to send them up four. Hits a home run. Does his starts trotting around the bases. Stops halfway between home and first, and does his stupid pose. Run around the fucking bases. You don't need to do it right there. Run around the bases, and then you could celebrate when you're fucking done. It pissed me off, and I don't know why. It's just like it's just it just doesn't bother me, man. It's just like I just don't is, I don't I, always, I just don't like it. Man. I just don't. It's, it, that's probably also adding to the reason why, but it's yeah. it, that shit doesn't bother me. Like, I think they're having fun with it. I know I guess it really like, bothered you when it was was it Wander Franco who uh did that pissed me off. Was playing around with the ball before he I also uh, hate the Rays. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like the Rays, dude. The Rays are a fun team. I think the Wander Franco thing just pisses me off because if I was on the team and somebody did that and they dropped it, I would donkey kick them in the face. That's fair enough. Because it's like, what are you doing? You're entitled to your own opinion. It's just old man. It's just old man. Sky is falling. Like, shut up. Leave me alone. It makes perfect sense that you're a Red Sox fan. I'm sorry. Like, you play in a stadium that's like, like you walk inside. It looks like it. It the, the inside hasn't been renovated since fucking. We were horse and bugging people around. It's because it hasn't. It's true. <laughs> I will say one thing, man. Those bathrooms in Fenway. I know you're trying to keep like you're trying to preserve the history, but dude, like. Those things are disgusting. They do need new. They need new they bathrooms. They are disgusting so in Fenway. So disgusting. Like I just well, go to Wrigley. Like, you can fucking you could piss in a trough or whatever they're called. Right, but you know, like Wrigley, like they made the renovations around the ballpark. I've heard it's really nice now. So I think they should just do that. The Red Sox should just swallow their pride and renovate a lot of the stadium it's not going to ruin the integrity of the stadium you don't have they to renovate the facelift they renovated the outside of the stadium they just didn't renovate zach inside. i think everyone on the planet would be all right with them just gutting the bathrooms and making them new 
I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm against that. I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm not saying that they shouldn't renovate the bathrooms. I'm just saying also, like <laughs> also also can we get into a conversation here for a second oh, about boy. something completely off Yeah, topic. sure. Yeah. I went to two baseball games in the past two weeks. I went to the uh, the Red Sox game, Fenway Park, and I went to the Yankee game this past week. Sat in legend seats, no big deal. Um, tipping has gone way too fucking far. Tipping has gone way too far, dude. I'm, I'm on sorry. your side with this one, buddy. Tipping has gone way too far. And look. Agreed. Look, I I appreciate the job that bartenders and servers all anyone who works in the service or food in like i am all for giving you 25 20 percent whatever you want like i'm happy to to tip because i'm not going to be an asshole i'm sure it's, it's not the easiest job and i you have people who don't tip but this is a very big but if you are opening a beer for me. If you're a beer vendor and I'm and you're not walking around with the beer, you're simply turning around, opening up the fridge, cracking the beer and putting it down, and you're asking for a tip. You're just you're not even saying you're not even giving the the person on the other end the option to give it to you know I didn't even think about a tip. That is ridiculous in my opinion. And I'm not, and I'm look, like I'm not trying to like sit here and say people shouldn't tip. You should tip, and for the most times, like I'll I'll add money to it. Like I don't want to be an asshole, but I had two scenarios in the past two weeks where the other person has asked me for a tip, and that just puts a bad taste in my mouth. I'm sorry, I'm on your it side. does. I'm on your side 100%. Tipping it, tipping has gone way too far in this society. We're you expected should, to tip for every service that we get even when it's really doesn't deserve a tip. Dude, I, I sometimes when I go like to the vari- like the variety store, like the little fucking bodega, I guess you could call it to like get gum, the stupid thing that it's like tip. I'm not tipping you anything. What do you mean? I picked up my gum and you sat there and clicked a button. Not tipping anything, and I could completely agree with you with the beer shit too. You turned around, opened the fridge, and got me a beer. You don't need to be tipped for that. I'm sorry. I'm not like like I'm with you. Like I'll tip. I'll tip at a restaurant. Obviously, if you're coming and serving me, absolutely you get a tip. But you literally just handed me a beer. You didn't do anything else. You don't need a tip for that. Yeah, and here's the, here's here's also another thing. At that Red Sox, I don't know if, if how many of our viewers have been to or listeners have been to Fenway, but if you're typically sitting in a section, there's typically beer vendors right next to every section, as as there is with any stadium. I am going to go back to that beer vendor probably two or two, I would say two more times during that game. If the I go there the last time, I will 100% give you a tip, no questions asked, because you've served me three times, but... When you flip the screen around and you watch me complete my transaction, I think that's also like a little bit like I don't know. I just like an invasion of privacy. Like I just big dick it and and just hit the fucking zero and the continue and say see you later. Because if you don't like know. like then I'll feel bad. I have to just okay, like and, and also get out of there. Here's quick. another thing. Here's something I will say. At the Yankee game this past week, I got a mixed drink. 
I tip 20% on that because they're making a drink. There's a, 100%. There's a difference. I tipped with and didn't even think twice about it. When we went, when we went to the Yankee twice. game, we went to the bar, we got a mix, we both got mixed drinks and we both tipped because he, the person made the drink. They yeah. didn't and pick also, a beer like, out of a cooler. They made a drink. So tip for your service. Here's also another example. If I go to a bar, like let's say I go to a bar and ask for a Coors Light, four, four or five bucks, right? Just Coors Light bottle. I'll throw a buck on there. You, it's not like you it's you didn't make the drink, but you know, like I'll give you a dollar. But when you like stare at me, looking at me, expecting a tip, I think that's just rude in my opinion. It's It's peer pressure, man. It is peer pressure. They're it's trying peer to pressure. peer pressure you into tipping them. You can't, you can't fall to the peer pressure. You have to stay strong, stand there, and say, "No, I don't want to tip you, and I'm not gonna screw your twenty percent." And then you walk away with your head held high, your beers in your hand, and you chug both of them. Then you go back and say, "Yeah, I'm not tipping you again." Then they'll really get it. That's what you do next time. Yeah, you'll show them. Show show them, huh? Yeah. I will show them. All um, right, so should we should we recap the PGA real quick, like two or three minute recap, and then we'll uh we'll talk about uh Sunday night baseball and do some picture Friday and then we'll get out of here. I think that's probably the greatest idea you've ever had because I want to talk about Brooks Kepka. The man, the myth, the legend. Did we all bet Brooks-y. on Brooks? Did we all have Brooks? Yeah, I think we. I bet on Brooks. That's Hell a yeah. That is a squad win at the PGA Championship. Me, Daz, Jake, and Brooks, all four of us, getting huge dubs. You gotta love when you watch a tournament, and there's just so many guys doing the same shit that you do on the course. It's the beauty of the PGA Championship. It's what we talked about last episode, why we were so excited for it, and it happened. Shanks, leaving it short, leaving it long, straight right, straight left. It was phenomenal. Best golf I've watched in a while. There was a lot of mixed reactions about Oak Hill this weekend and how it was set up and how essentially it's just kind of a very straightforward and boring course, but... Look, I I loved the course. I love how I loved how it was playing. I loved the simplicity of it, and you know there was a lot of people complaining about you know, a lot of things about the course. To be honest with you, I was kind of surprised. And for the PGA Championship, who's really looked down upon as the least important of the four majors, they do their job perfectly. They make it a difficult yet forgiving challenge to those who play the course well. And Brooks Kepka was a perfect example. He. He could score all four days. It was, you know, I don't really understand the slander about the course. And, and yeah, I get that it's like a more of, it's a simpler course. There's not like huge dog legs There's and no stuff water. like that. There's no water. But here's the thing. Sometimes the simplest courses are the hardest. And the way Oak Hills was playing this past weekend, it was playing how the PGA Championship should be played. And I know it gets looked down down upon, and, and people think it is the worst one. But let me tell you something. That was one of the best tournaments I've ever watched. I was 
I don't know if it was just because I, I bet on Brooks and he won, but it was just, I felt like it was so fun to watch. You know, when you, anytime you have the world number one golfer going out there and shooting six over and I still want to watch him, like that's how you know it was just a good tournament. It was just a lot Absolutely. of fun. And Brooks dominated. I, you thought Hovland was going to, for a second at the beginning of Sunday, you thought Hovland had a chance. Brooks came out really strong, made a couple birdies, and then he had a stretch where he had like two or three bogeys, and Hovland came in between, came into one stroke, and then Brooks just took off. Hovland gets tra- stuck in the fucking, what was he, stuck in the, plugged in the bunker or something like that, made like yeah. double. And then and then it was all Brooks until the end. He had a nice and easy four stroke lead, and he just rode that to eighteen and couldn't be happier for Brooks Kepka. I wish he would listen to this so I could tell him myself. Yeah, I know a lot of people were frustrated with exactly what you said right there. A lot of people were frustrated with the fact that the course wasn't really laid out in the most difficult beyond the fact that the greens were firm and the rough was tall. People didn't really like the fact that the course didn't really provide that much Sunday late back nine drama, but I think it's really a testament to how well Brooks Kepka was playing. <clears throat> Excuse me. How well Brooks Kepka played all four days of that tournament. And I think this is a big uh, this is a big middle finger to everyone who said live guys weren't going to be as good because they're playing three rounds a week and they're not playing every week. And this is a big fu. This is this is to show that the live guys are being paid hundreds of million dollars because they're still the best golfers in the world. You have guys, Cam Smith, DJ, Brooks, Phil, even Phil Mickelson, who is 53 years old, who finished tied for second in the Masters. This is this is nothing. This, this honestly, and look, I'm not the biggest live guy out there, but this kind of proves Liv's point of why they wanted to invest in these guys because in the golf's in golf's biggest tournaments they're still showing up and doing what they had been doing the entire time. They're just not playing, you know, the regular tour events, which in all actuality kind of all is, that matters. Like that's all majors are the only thing that matters. 100%. And a lot of the guys who left live have been very clear about that, that majors are all that matters. That's all they really care about is majors. So if they're allowed to play in the majors, who cares if they're going to live? And, you know, I, there was a lot of fucking, obviously the live hype, the live hype and live hate was very sudden and it all happened really fast. Right now, I honestly couldn't give a shit. Like, I don't really care. The guys are still playing in the majors. I'm still seeing the guys I want to see in the majors when I'm watching and they're still competing. They're still playing great golf. Some of them maybe even playing better golf. I mean, uh, Brooks Kepka just just looked amazing out there, and he did. He shut up all the live haters. Everybody who was saying that they wouldn't, co- the guys on live tour wouldn't come out and be amazing. Brooks Kepka shut them all up in the Masters and uh, the PGA Championship. So, I, I think Live is flying high. Brooks Kepka's flying high. I feel bad for Victor Hovland because I love him so much. He just, I don't know if he'll ever win a major. He just is notorious choker, but. Yeah. So now this is going to raise the question. Brooks Kepka, five majors, 33 years old. Phil Mickelson has six majors. He didn't win his first major until he was 36 years old. So this is going to raise the question. How many more does Brooksy have in the tank? Is he the best major player 
since Tiger Woods. This is these are all relevant questions now that Brooks officially, you know, and, and what what a hell of a comeback story. You look, I mean, let's let's not forget four three four months ago when Full Swing came out, we saw Brooks at his lowest point in his life. You know, not really knowing who won the Masters and not paying attention to pro golf at the time and making the decision to jump on the boat with Liv and kind of go down a path not taken. And it's really paid dividends for him so far. And I think it's uh, I I, I have nothing but uh, good things to say so far about Brooks this year. And uh, I'm really happy that he's been able to turn it around. Absolutely. 100%. So Sunday night picks. We uh we had a good week, Daz. We had a good week. We had a good week. Stupid we idiot, Jake. We had we stupid for stupid idiot, I wanted, Jake. I wanted on the record. I wanted to bet the Mets, but I wanted to either make it a scared. Mm-hmm. You were scared to take the same pick as us. Scared. It's okay. I understand, but don't call it a Maybe. comeback. All right, we'll see. It is a long season. It is a long season. So do we have do we have picks for this week? Of course we no no, I don't think so. We didn't pick anything. Yeah. Well we yeah, we do from the beginning. This is one of the weeks. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was God, I hope I have the Braves. Can we switch? I was no. gonna ask that. I don't think we should. I think we have to oh, stick with it. Do I have the Braves? No, me and you have the Phillies, Zach Dawes has the Braves. Yo, Spencer Strider's go. pitching. Let's ride, baby. It's Spencer Strider versus the Phillies. Don't have anyone announced yet. So, fuck. Well, let me see. I say we get into some picks. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Not yet. I need to see who is pitching. for. Oh, it's not going to be Zach Wheeler, and it's not going to be Aaron Nola. And it's not going to be Taiwan Walker. Tough scene. Oh, boy. Oh, I, we might be fucked here, Jake. All right, fine. Now we can get into some picks. Powered by Riverside. Picks for Friday, May 26th. I can lead us off here if you guys are cool with that. Go ahead. So I am actually going to take the Texas Rangers at the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I Let's see if I have it. I have, they are plus 115. I was looking for the line. Plus 115. Uh, I don't know. Something tells me that the Orioles are kind of on a skid right now, and I think... The Rangers are they're pretty hot right now, so they're going up against rookie Rodriguez. I like calling him that, rookie Rodriguez. I like that. that that's, so, uh, that's a good one. So, um, and I'm going with John Gray. You know, veteran, veteran pitcher for the for the uh, for the Rangers. So, I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride with the Rangers tomorrow night. Jake, you want to go? Sure, I'm gonna stick in that same game. Uh, I'm actually gonna go. Orioles Rangers over eight and a half 
We're going back to old reliable. Let's go runs. <laughs> Jake's favorite bet. For me, um, I'm going to do something probably pretty stupid, and I'm going to bet with my heart instead of my head. Uh, so I'm going to take Boston Red Sox, open up the series against Dimebacks, Chris Sale against uh, Brendan Fott. Brendan Fott freaking sucks, uh, and Chris Sale has been absolutely amazing in his past five starts. He's got he's averaging, you know, I think he's got an 11.9 K per nine right now. He he's just looking great. Obviously, the five ERA is inflated because the Orioles games, but lately he's been amazing, and I just love him so much. So I have to bet on the Red Sox. You taking him straight? I am taking him straight. Yeah, gotcha. I thought they were going to be underdogs, but they're not. Yeah, I took the Rangers because they're underdogs. I mean, I just like I just think they're they match up better tomorrow night against a rookie. Hundred. The Rangers are playing such good ball right now. It's it's they are, also, are can scoring we just runs talk about like crazy. How I'm, can we just talk about and how our pick segment? I'm sixty five percent win percentage. How do you see that? In the uh, we have on the top. We have we have an Excel sheet, dude. Zach, I got like forty-seven and a half percent. yikes! It's because of that that big stretch, dude. Yeah, that big stretch when we first started, I had lost like eight or nine in a row, like all basketball yeah. picks. That was brutal. Nine, nine, in a row. nine in a row. That was brutal. All right, roulette spin. Numbers. Uh, I'm gonna go with five, four plus one for Chris Sale. I'm going to go 20 because I see 20 in the back of Zach's uh, room there. Ooh, Temple jersey. I went to uh, Temple University, All-State, cornerback, Cincinnati, Ohio. Let's ride. <laughs> All right. We, uh, we're getting in now. Oh, we're doing so a live bright. spin. So. Good. Good live spin. Good live spin. Very important. What was yours? 20? 25 and whatever you have. I had a Costco pizza 22. for dinner, and it's not agreeing with my stomach right now. You sticking? Oh, that's yikes! You sticking with twenty two like for the whole time? Uh, I don't know. I just I oh, I'm sorry. You, oh yeah, I, I was going to do twenty eight, but I already put money on twenty two. So guess we're sticking with twenty two. Yikes! Fuck! Five, I think it's twenty eight though. Five, 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 All right, we're spinning. Five, five, we are five, spinning. Five, 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 five. You're spinning. We are spinning. Come on, five. Seventeen. Fuck. Damn. Why did I have to change? Oh, that was your. I've been doing seventeen because of Hank. Rip. Rip Hank. I'm pissed. All right, everyone. Stupid Chris Sale made me fucking change. Well, that is our show for this Friday. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the long weekend, and uh, we'll see you back here on Tuesday. Have a beer. Now it's going to pee.